super excited uh we are the down in front podcast the official podcast of downinfrontpodcast.com uh i am your host warren i'm with a bunch of my best friends i'm with bryland i'm with blewett lots of these and tonight we are here to give you a full feature review of justice league directed by Zack snyder uh and for those that may not necessarily know also joss whedon had to kind of step in uh at the last minute too so you can also kind of see that it was a bit of joss whedon and sort of Zack snyder sort of work but mainly Zack snyder film before we get into that i want to toss it over to brylin the mouth of the south and says uh what you uh what you sipping on and um what you been watching uh good evening everybody um, right now I'm sipping on some good refreshing H2O right from the spigot of the sink. So it's always good to stay refreshed and hydrated. Uh, but what I was watching recently was I watched the, uh, 30 for 30 on the nature boy, Ric Flair. And it was actually really good. Um, it was, um. I would say it was never. I wasn't really surprised by any of like the revelations of Ric Flair's life, but they tell his story in a really entertaining way. Like they'll use these animated scenes for uh, for his more than PG moments in his life's time to actually like display express certain things happening that he's crazy. But um, it's also very heartfelt and it's also tragic and it's also. Um, kind of hopeful that just this guy that dedicated his whole life to basically a, becoming a persona and living that persona to the bitter end, um, you can see like the joy in him, but you all see the sadness that he has to sacrifice other things like stability and family in order to be that person. Uh, so it's definitely really good to watch, really entertaining, really thoughtful. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I was excited to kind of look at that because especially from this year, from those who don't know, he was actually in the hospital for, um, I believe he had a stroke or some sort of heart failure. It was a heart condition. Um, It was a heart condition. And that was like super, very, very kind of a scary moment um, just because like he had done like a lot for just everybody's sort of like just career who watch wrestling, just like everything he's necessarily done. So that was definitely kind of a big, a big deal for that. Um, But as always, Mouth of the South, it's great to see your face. Your beautiful face and your beautiful RoboCop shirt. So thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, over here, over yonder, we have the Michael, the Shredder, Bluest. Oh, how's it going, man? What's happening? What's happening? Uh, so I'm doing real good. I haven't seen you in a while, so it's great to see your face. I know. I know. It's been at least like four days. It's been nice. It's, yeah, it's been quiet. <laughs> the two of us. The two of us. <laughs> sound are just terrifyingly loud. It's basically a screaming <laughs> match whenever we hang out. <laughs> yeah. 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 
But uh, what you sipping on? So I am currently sipping on water. Uh, my dad makes me do a five mile run every Thanksgiving, and I am trying to not destroy my body before that. And uh, our podcast have a tendency to destroy my body. Uh, so yeah, let's we're gonna do that. Um, as far as what I've been watching, uh, I have this friend who his dad is just an all time hero of mine. Um, because this man has the wildest adventures you will ever consider going on. Um, today, or over this weekend, uh, this has nothing to do with film or television, but he's like, hey guys, you want to go to, go to a hurling match? And, uh, promptly we all said, yes, but what is hurling? And he sent a video of what this is, and it's like Irish lacrosse. And so... You play with a paddle instead of a stick with a net on it, so there's, like, no control over the ball, really, at all. Which is weird, because when they were warming up, they were, like, unreal pinpoint accurate with the things. And then as soon as they got into the game time, no, no one had any idea what to do. And these are, like, good amateur teams from Ireland. Um, just, like, it was so it's surreal. It was a surreal experience, because now I kind of know... When I, you know, we all start talking about football, what that one person that really doesn't care about football, you know, thinks when we all hear it. Because, like, I heard all these people around us talking about all these intricate hurling things, and I was like, why do you care about this sport? This is dumb. There was literally, to me, no strategy and no rules. The rules were brazenly inconsistent. It was a great time, though. That's what I, I, I'm struggling to finish The Punisher right now. Uh, I will, but I couldn't because I want to go see Hurling. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was like, it's a good reason why you're struggling. Cause yeah. I'm also like, I've delved into The Punisher world. I'm like, with traveling and whatnot, it was tough. Especially with Netflix yeah. not letting you download it to your device. Yeah, you gotta wait like a couple, you gotta wait a couple months before they let that happen. That's not for everything because you can actually do that for a lot of other um, content. So yeah, kind of bummed about that, but like it's okay. I didn't even notice that. That sucks. Yeah, I was bummed. I was like, oh, super excited to like actually go and travel and like inhale this show and whatever else is going to be on Netflix. And it was like, nope, it's not a thing. It's like, okay, that's whatever. Yeah. It's fun time uh, though. But I am Warren and I'm your host this evening. And thank you so much, uh, Blew it for hanging out. Uh, I am actually currently not drinking anything, and I think this is the first time that uh, none of us are drinking. So I don't know what that says about us. Maybe we want to keep things more family friendly. Maybe we don't. We're not entirely sure. But uh, as for sorry, I've been watching. I actually went and ch- had a chance to go to Amazon Prime and check out the movie that I was really excited to actually just see. Um, I missed it uh, because it was only in like. I feel like four or five theaters, uh, but it's called I Am Not Your Negro, and that is on Amazon Prime, so definitely have a chance to go check that out. Uh, what that movie is, is more of a movie slash documentary, um, but it takes the works of uh, a guy named James Baldwin, and he actually started writing this actual sort of book. Uh, and it's civil rights, and he talks about, uh, basically he tells the story of like race in the modern America, uh, but it's like an unfinished novel. Uh, the name of the novel is called Remember This House. And so he goes through and like in the book, he really uh, in the documentary, he talks about, you know, the assassination of three of his close friends, uh, Mel, uh, Medgar Evers, Malcolm X and Malcolm Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, but he also then expands out and just talks about just like civil rights movements and what people are, are like. And um, 
he even mentions, and uh, I know that I, I study theater a lot, and there's a, uh, a playwright called Lorraine Hansberry, and she wrote the play, uh, poem, and an adaptation to the play, uh, Raising in the Sun, that stars Sidney Poitier, and it talks about a lot of different actors and, like, sexualizing black people at the time. I mean, this, like, this absolutely documentary moved me so much, and I was just so excited to actually watch it and see it and, like, absorb this message. So... Um, definitely go check it out. It's called I Am Not Your Negro. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's completely free to watch it if you have Prime, which everybody does, right? Uh, but uh, definitely go watch it out, check it out, and then let us know. I'm going to see if we're going to have like, a small other like just review or kind of uh, chat just to talk about it because it's very important. And it's a little scary with a lot of the things that are um, mentioned and kind of talked about in this sexual movie and documentary and these things that still are happening right now and not only to like black people right but like once you expand it out it just happened to people in this world and it really does open your eyes to a lot of different things so definitely go check that out it's pretty cool so we're pumped we're excited to talk about justice league directed by Zack snyder and stepped in and also completed uh the screenplay by josh whedon uh and you know I know we everybody's listened to this podcast, so you've already actually listened to and like already had all of our stuff that you actually listened. Uh, we reviewed Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, um, Batman versus Superman. Batman, oh yeah, we did do Batman versus Superman, and I'm trying to think. Uh, no, don't do Man of Steel. We, I don't think we were around. We were we weren't born just yet uh, when Man of Steel was around. Uh, we missed the other three Batman, so we weren't able to do that. But we are trying to hit any and all DC films as much as possible. So this was just naturally next up. And so going into this movie, uh, what are a couple of thoughts that you had? Because I know it was a lot of mixed reviews, a lot of different things. Personally, especially because I don't watch trailers. Realize that years open um so i thought that was awesome uh but everything i heard about this movie from everybody i knew were all very very negative about it and before even watching any of the trailers and hearing anything about it so i'm going to toss it to bradley just a couple of quick thoughts before we get into our uh spoiler featured um justice league so bradley yeah so um i would say coming into justice league i mean i definitely um was Definitely hopeful that it will be a better film than previous uh, DC films. Um, I'm kind of an outlier that I actually love Man of Steel. I think that's the best film they've done so far in their universe they're trying to create. Uh, And Wonder Woman was fantastic this year. So they definitely had some high watermarks in their uh, universe they're creating. Uh, And like Batman vs. Superman, that's their problem child. That's the one that put a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths, and it's going to be tough for them to actually pull away from how toxic that film made the whole idea of a DC uh, universe. But uh, I think with uh, Justice League, I mean, it shows that they're continuing to be on an upward path. Maybe not at what's defining the DC universe yet, but they're getting there. They're Each step is a more positive direction. Yeah, I think they're definitely trending up, especially this year, right? Like, you start with everybody counted out Wonder Woman, um, arguably one of the only superhero movies that was started a starred a uh, female heroine character and a uh, female woman director. And so that's literally, like, 
everything was looking like, oh, we're not sure, we're not sure, especially because it was going coming off the heels of Suicide Squad, which, which is arguably the best or worst thing about it, right? So it really took everybody off guard mm-hmm. to the point where you see how strong that actually movie was. So coming off the heels of that and then going into Justice League, I, th- I thought it was arguably the best. And I have to also uh, echo what you said here, Brylin. I really did enjoy a lot of Man in the Steel. Like, we don't really have to talk about Batman or Superman up here. But I did enjoy a lot of Man of Steel and arguably, you know, some spoiler alert for these movies here um, that already has passed like one of my favorite moments of you know batman vs superman uh was you know the, the introduction of wonder woman and one of my favorite uh moments of man of steel was just the simplicity and you know kevin costner's character was just like an absolute juggernaut in there um uh and just like his self-sacrifice so i think it was definitely trending up i was super pumped about it and i'm super pumped about dc because uh we get the best work when we have competition. Like we get the best things with having competition. And yeah. so if one of the actual scale is all the way down here, right. And the other one, we talk about DC and Marvel here, right. If we talk about if they're completely unbalanced, then I don't think we're going to get a lot of the uh, best work that's going to be possible. So that was just me going into this movie, just super pumped, super excited. And of course I don't watch trailers because why should you? Because it's really a movie, so we can talk about it. But what about you, Blue? What's some thoughts that you had going into uh, Justice League? Yeah, I mean, I I was excited. The trailer looked like a different tone, um, which they screwed us in the past with Suicide Squad, because <clears throat> that movie looked fun from the trailers and, you know, wasn't. Um, but the... I was excited. I mean, like, there was enough there in some of the previous movies that if they could pull it together, it would be fun. And I think, I mean, without going to really too, too much, too many spoilers, that's, that's, I was kind of like cautiously optimistic. Now when the ratings came out, I kind of like poo-pooed it and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to go pay and see it. Cause like, uh, you know, I got to go review in whatever. I, I'll be completely honest. Like I, I really started to get into the comic book thing, uh, around guardians of the galaxy. And that's, I've pretty much exclusively been Marvel since then, um, because that's what I, like, started to watch. And, you know, and, like, I watched the Batman films, but I kind of always viewed them as an independent... I watched Spider-Man, too, and I've always viewed them as, like, one person's take, doing a short-run, you know, couple stories, and then you're done, and that character's over. Uh, whereas, like, an extended universe is obviously way harder, because you're now managing multiple mainstream characters at the same time, um, and so, like, for me, I always gravitated towards Marvel, because they were always, they just did it better, and I didn't even see Man of Steel until Batman vs. Superman was, like, coming out, uh, and I don't know, it's, I, I, let me say this, uh, let me leave this here, I can't, because this is going to color the rest of it, I can't freaking stand Superman, I think that that guy is the, the most pointless superhero of the enti- on the entire world, of like any superhero ever, because whenever you have a character that like literally can just be better than every other character at whatever they're good at, then there's no like, e- like suspense of disbelief, because in the end you're like, alright, well... The only thing that can do is, like, the darkness and kryptonite, but, like, he can just fly to a star or, or 
or just go away from the kryptonite. It's 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 pointless, and I can't stand Superman. This movie did nothing to make to to change that, but that's because that's just me. I hate Superman. I'm super excited to disagree with you, Blue, on that point, just because I'm I'm really glad they went there because it was a drastically different approach to Superman from the first two times we've seen him to now they've started really kind of flushing out some of these things of what like arguably what makes him Superman. I was like super pumped about that. But let's get into the entire spoiler. We're gonna give you a brief intermission. We're gonna talk some things through. Um, we're gonna give you an intermission. We'll be right back. We're going to do our entire review of Justice League. Season. We're going to get into our entire spoiler episode of uh, Justice League. Uh, and we're pumped. And I know um, Mike's already started talking about some things of why he didn't necessarily like it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to toss it over to Brylin again because I think I'm going to be competing with Mike a lot. But Brylin, let's talk about some wins. Let's talk about some solid things that we just really enjoyed about Justice League. Uh, yeah, I'll first start off by, um, I really love, like, how this was the most, like, comic booky of, uh, the films they've done so far, and also just, like, the nods to other DC properties that they had in this movie. Uh, they brought up the new gods and the old gods. They showed a Green Lantern in action, which was awesome to see, even if it was just a brief moment. Amazing. And when he and when he dies, to see his ring go off into space to search out for the next Green Lantern. That got me amped for whatever's coming for the Lanterns, because it looked really cool doing that. Um, the whole homage to the uh, greatest race of all time at the end between Flash and Superman, I thought that was a nice little uh, punch to add to end the movie with. Uh, and, I mean, seeing Des- Joe, I think it's Mantinella as Deathstroke at the end of the credits he I mean he looks like real deal Deathstroke from the comics I was like damn he looks badass so I can't wait to see what happens with him uh, and I found that uh, that it was really cool to see things like how Ben Affleck's Batman moves like Batman from the comics it's not just uh, karate and then use a grappling hook every once in a while, but it is like a mix of that he's fighting and also using his tech all at the same time. And he moves really fast. Like uh, when he was, uh, when he captures the parademon on top of the rooftop, that was like one that I thought was really cool, sick fight because yeah, he kicked him in the face, but he turned around and he had this net launcher that it shot out. Uh, of his gun that just like tied him against the wall so I thought that was really cool uh, just comic book scene to have in the movie um, and I found that it was also very energetic it moved at a fast pace which was really cool 
Um, I'll also say that uh, I thought that the new guys, the Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg, I mean, they brought a great dynamic to that team of the Justice League. So we had already known about Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. She's definitely been the uh, standout among the crowd. Batman, um, I think a lot of people thought Affleck's Batman. I thought Affleck's Batman was great in Batman versus Superman. And he got a lot of crap about uh, being just very dark and morose, but kind of part of Batman's psyche and uh, Henry Cavill Superman has uh, I know a lot of people hate him I like him I like kind of a troubled Superman I like that we're we have to see him kind of grow into being what Superman represents uh, so I think that was good to see a step forward with him uh, but like Jason Momoa is Aquaman I think I, even though he's very broy, I like the kind of laid-back attitude he approaches with the uh, character. It's cool to see uh, Atlantis in a capacity. So, uh, and the what the underwater fights were really cool. Brian, I'll, yep. I'll, I'll give you this. The um, I'm glad they made the change because a little blonde guy with uh, green Speedos and an orange shirt would look completely ridiculous. Like, utterly, like, it's one of those things that, like, I get it, you know, you watch these movies to see your beloved comic book characters, but I don't think anyone was asking for Aquaman from the mid-60s to come back and start kicking butt, whereas Jason Momoa is, like, the, the best badass that you could find currently to, like, make that character cool, because there's nothing cool about Aquaman, but there was everything cool about Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Yeah, like, I mean, he's laid back. He's like, hey, I'm going, I'm, I help people, but I'm going to do it as the way I want to see it. He's not tied into the throne of Atlantis yet or anything. And uh, they have a really cool scene with him and uh, Mira that she's talking about. He has a responsibility to the throne now. And he's just like, whatever, I just need something from you. So it's cool to see that he's conflicted and kind of reluctant to become that leader that uh, they expect him to be. So uh, that kind of gets me really excited to see what happens in the Aquaman movie. And Ezra Miller's Flash, I didn't think I was going to enjoy what he brought, but I kind of did. He is kind of a bit more of a dweeby Peter Parker, uh, but he actually had some really cool moments. I liked the moment where like Batman's words of encouragement is like, just go save one person. And yeah, that was a yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, hey, take one baby step, and then you're going to know what to do after that. That was a really cool scene that I liked. Or him and uh, Superman teaming up and going to rescue the uh, Russian families uh, while they were fighting Steppenwolf. That uh, they do have a nice little uh, like uh, back and forth between one another, where Superman's calling him a slowpoke and stuff. So it's good, enjoyable like camaraderie that they were building. And um, I think his name is Jay Richards, Cyborg. He was—he's a theater actor, and I mean a lot, a lot of things I saw like the Cyborg look. I mean, it's like a lot of CG to work, act through, and I thought he did a really good job with uh, what it was given. Like I thought one really cool thing about Cyborg was. 
that he um, that he wasn't carrying it like a Frankenstein. He wasn't carrying the cyborg issue like a Frankenstein monster thing. He had actually kind of come to terms with it, but he's like, how do I use this for good? Because he knows that there's other things in part of the cyborg body that are talking to him that kind of have an evil tendency to it. So he's like, how do I approach this challenge? It's a very objective, very kind of intellectual way of bringing that cyborg character to life, which I thought was really actually a good tone choice for that character. Yeah, I really like that character, and I also have to echo a couple of things. I really felt like like Flash was a really strong, really new, very nerdy, but also was a bit of like an audience surrogate. Like we really get a lot out of the Flash, and I love Ezra Miller, literally in everything that he's in. Um, so I was super pumped about that. Uh, and even more along that point, uh, Brylin, the I was just really excited to see more of the struggle of uh, you know a strong like a strong obviously like overpowered sort of person but like there's some sort of conflict and i think the easiest times that we necessarily kind of get uh, mixed up is a lot of these characters who are strong are just strong to be strong and that's it but sometimes there's a conflict i don't want to be like this weapon this thing i don't i don't know exactly what i am and like cyborg's journey that kind of come into terms with that i i enjoy that they spent some time with that and they didn't like kind of glaze that over because they could have easily not talked about it right and i really felt like they they were trying to do some things that were going to direct really try to get to us as like the audience that this is what he's dealing with um i thought it was pretty cool like i enjoyed his performance of it especially because i know that he was uh done a lot of off-broadway stuff he was playing muhammad ali i think that was kind of funny because i was like oh, oh cool. well yeah i was like i think that like you know younger cassius clay sort of thing uh, in a broadway play so i thought that was kind of funny that that uh, he was approached uh, around that time frame of like when he was doing that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And um, my last uh, win will be that uh, I thought the, um, it, they did a really good job of capturing like teamwork action and just uh, having the justice league act as a team together, like the uh, flash and Superman part, or uh, when flash is running around um, the uh, nuclear like tube or whatever they call it. Uh, that uh, that that moment where he just like pokes Wonder Woman's sword right to her. I th- I, I just enjoy that subtle moment. That it's really cool to see that. That's what Flash sees when he actually moves around. Is it's just slow mo effects, and he just like, oh, I'm just gonna change this slight thing and just keep on going. And I really like that part too because they could have easily done something like you know uh, X Men. Um, Days of Future Past and First Class. Yeah, they did that with the uh, well, it's Days yeah. of Future Past and Apocalypse. Where and you a, quick Apocalypse. Sorry, they could have easily done something like that, and I was kind of nervous about it. But the way that you know, with the lightning and the way that they shown like his speed in this film, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, and I like the elements of what was happening, especially because he was super clumsy and goofy. You can see him how he's running was kind of funny. Yeah, I thought that it was fun. I thought that was pretty cool. And I, and I thought that I'd never seen it before, and it, it worked for me. So I yeah, think was, instead of him like running fast, it was more like he was just moving through the speed force. The speed force was carrying him through areas. So while I'll agree with you that the like the lightning aspect of it was pretty cool, like him charging up and moving, I think. Um, so first of all, I think Brylin has a little bit a part of, uh, about Ezra Miller running around. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. you want to, you want to say this? Uh, cause I got something to add well, on to your thing. Well, it's been somebody that's watched all of planet earth. Um, I think it's someone went up to Ezra Miller and said, you know, it would look cool if you ran like one of those lizards that's runs over the water. <laughs> that's all I could picture whenever he was running. It's just that I am swimming through the air as I walk. So <laughs> it's so weird. So my rationale on that one was slightly like uh, Peter Parker in Civil War. Like, for me, I don't think they really said it, but I just internalized it that he's only been the Flash for, like, a year, maybe. Yeah. And so and so maybe he didn't quite fully know, like, how to control himself at that. I will say this, though, that, that him running around was doomed to start. Because you've had Quicksilver in The Avengers. You've had Quicksilver in multiple X-Men movies, and then you've had, like, you know, and then you had the, the TV show, which, granted, I don't watch, so I don't know if they do it somewhat similar, and to me, Quicksilver in the X-Men series is, like, the, pro- like, you, you could, you cannot beat that. Those, he stole in Days, for, Days of Future Past, he stole the movie with that scene. Like, that was, that was the one enjoyable scene from, like, that, that movie. Eh, I take that back. There was a couple others. But, like, that was the biggest thing that, like, when he showed up and did the whole, you know, uh, trying to break out Xavier. Because he did that. He, he didn't he poke the bullets in that. So he did the whole, like, you know, pushing Wonder Woman's sword back, you know. I, I just think that with the Flash character, because, oh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but because Fox did it so well... And there's just no way they could have one-upped it. I honestly probably would have just went the other way and just shown less of him in the Speed Force because at that point you're not you're showing that he's moving fast because you can just have him appear different places, but you're also not trying to one-up something that was so marvelously done in a movie that only came out, what, a year ago for Apocalypse and then two years ago for, or three years ago for Days of Future Past. It was, that was doomed from the start because it, it, couple that with the effects, which like the CGI, which we're gonna talk about later. But I just didn't think it worked for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a different take. Absolutely. I mean, it's I. I mean, the Quicksilver thing in X Men. I mean, yeah, that's that definitely set a certain high water mark. And there's only so much you can do to represent. I mean, fastness on the screen, and maybe they should have taken away some CG and just, like, reposition them in different places, but what I thought was really cool about it was just as there's a couple moments where it's just like, watch this tiny thing happen, and then watch the repercussions of it. And that was a really cool thing in The Flash. The other cool scene was, like, when the when, after Superman wakes up as The Flash is running around him, all of a sudden, you see Superman's eyeball turn and look at the Flash, and his reaction to that is just like, "Oh shit, who is this guy?" I got They're absolute chills. I got absolute chills at that point. I was so excited that that happened. Like, didn't see it coming. I'm really hoping. I, I'm assuming that wasn't in the trailer, right? Is that new to everybody? They didn't show Superman um, at all in the trailer. Trailer. Yeah, they didn't oh, show cool. any Superman in the trailers. Good, oh, good. But I, when that happened, I was like, oh, I wonder if it has the eye. I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. At that point, I was like, good. I was like, I feel good about this movie. Yeah. I feel much better about this movie. 
Yeah, and it was really cool to see. Like, I mean, Flash moves really fast, and Superman is just right there behind him. Their little fight afterwards was pretty cool because Flash was just a tail ahead of when Superman was throwing punches at him. Um, so yeah, those were going to be my uh, the wins that I had for this movie. Cool. Uh, boy, yeah, so I had a couple of things. Um, I thought that this was like the best Superman fight ever. Like the, uh, the Batman versus Superman thing was abysmal. Uh, and I think that they did a really good job of showing off how, um, how, (laughs) I don't know this earlier, but basically no one could do anything to Superman and how like at that point he was just overpowering everyone except for ironically enough, the flash who I think canonically is the one guy that can actually go toe to toe with Superman because he just moves too fast for him. Um, I thought that was, it, it was great. One little thing that I'll point out was that they were, they were very consistent with Superman. Uh, the fact that the whole, like, you know, the, the end game for, and it shows how Batman learns, you know, it shows off his intelligence where he was able to, you know, uh, remember that the thing that triggered Superman into calming down was the mention of a loved one. And that he brought back a loved one to calm him down when fighting the Justice League. Um, and I thought that was, that was a nice consistency point that, like, that was what leveled him off. Um, also, you're right, like, when the eyes turned was, I, that was the coolest moment in that, in that entire film, by far. Um, I think Warren might have touched on this earlier. It felt, like, lighthearted, but also somewhat sincere. Now, there were certain things, like the whole implied romance with, uh, Wonder Woman and Batman. That's a total whedonism that, like didn't need to be there at all. There was also the, there was also like some jokes that fell completely flat, but it's like one line that really got me was the one that, uh, Wonder Woman, you know, she, he was getting, she was getting asked by Cyborg why she didn't, you know, attack him. Um, and she said, if I was going to do that, I would have attacked you, you know, at Bruce Wayne's house. And like, that to, was cool. th- to me, by, that by was like, way, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a witty little badass one liner. You know, it was like totally just you could imagine you could totally imagine like Thor dropping that line, you know, like s- someone who's already better established than a lot of these characters. Um, and so so again, like the Whedonisms. They were there, and at some points, like, they were making jokes that completely fell flat. Um, obviously, the comparison is Marvel movies, and I felt like they had a bigger amount of misses than what you'd normally found it, find in a Marvel movie, but they still had moments that broke the monotony of just, like, this is serious, pay attention to us. Um, yeah. The last little thing is, I did like how they showed that Batman, like, thoroughly was just completely outclassed. He was completely just the guy in a, with a lot of money. He was a dude who was standing toe-to-toe with two, two gods, someone imbued by an extra-dimensional force, a cyborg with better technology than Batman could ever dream up of, and uh, a dude who, I guess you could talk to Fish? Maybe he's yeah. clo- he's pretty close. Uh, Aquaman and Batman are pretty close, but like you know, when it came, <laughs> I guess with the 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 trident, you know, I think they did a nice job of showing like, hey, Flash is responsible for not fighting in the end game, and the two the two deities needed to go against Steppenwolf, and then 
Batman was trying to keep Cyborg, you know, and it, it seemed like, it, like Brian said, it worked as a team, and it made sense with the pairings. Again, Batman was hilariously undergunned, which I loved, because he, in the end, he is just a man with a lot of money. Yeah, I like that. He didn't bring just one tank. He brought three tanks to this fight. <laughs> Why bring I, one I, tank to a tank fight when you can bring three? Uh, I mean, like, even going off of the, a couple of those points that uh, you were talking about, Blue, and I'm glad that, you know, we see some conflict resolution that doesn't have to do with violence in the movie that easily can be done with violence. Um, it, it doesn't, like, it, it kind of happened a, a, another time, to, like, later on, especially, like, the fall of, like, Steppenwolf. Boo! Um, Punch stuff as hard as you can! Boo! Oh, no, oh I'm down for that, for sure, but... When it comes to like bringing Superman back, and you know he like he did, a, uh, I think it maybe called the red herring of oh, I need to bring out the big guns, uh, and it really uh, also kind of ties back to a line back in the Marvel films like no 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 the big guy uh, oh I got the big guy oh no 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 the big guy right so like even in this moment he's like oh I want to bring the big guns and it's it's Lois Lane, and that's like what brings him kind of sort of like puts his mind like all over the place and i like that conflict resolution i do have to disagree with you though because for sure batman vs superman they started with some strange sort of um like romantics like playfulness with uh uh wonder woman and bruce wayne when they were uh basically when they were breaking in and like stealing stuff from um uh, lex luther and so i think even before Josh Reed was there, like they were trying to do some stuff, they kind of abandoned it pretty quickly. Uh, but at least that was there before he got there. So they, you know, arguably this is the first, the ne- the next movie that both of them are in. Um, and so there you go from that uh, sort of thing. So I, I, I at least like the, trying to do like some sort of continuation from that. Yeah, I didn't really pick up on a romantic vibe between batman and wonder woman between those two characters themselves between their interactions Mm -hmm. their interactions were actually really cool because it's all about like mutual respect and how are you going to help versus what i can do and what we can both bring to the table Um, and also their talk about leadership was really poignant as well I mean, there were just a couple of moments where other characters were actually teasing, oh, you like her? And yeah, stuff. And, and so, like, those two, I thought, were, like, I mean, handled very well with their relationship that it did not cross into that line, even though they brought up their past, like, especially her past with... Uh, I was going to say Steve Rogers. That was even kind of a low blow, too. Like, you can see that. Uh, I, and I know this is also going to go into my wins that... And he mentioned Steve Trevor to get a reaction out of her. Exactly. And this is not a team yet, right? Like, they're trying to build on something, but it's not there. They're, they don't have the trust. They don't have the buy-in. They don't have these... Um, only time and experience will tell and real like kind of get there and i like that we see a lot of stuff just kind of unravels and it's kind of sloppy and you know some people kind of chalk up to the movie but i'm like i kind of chalk it up to the teamwork because that you know it takes a, a lot to make a team that you they just don't all like automatically kind of become being able to kind of fight together that doesn't work like that so i like some of these moments of batman and flash right and batman and uh Aquaman sort of like comedic like hey can you talk to fish and Batman and Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman and like 
it really felt like Batman was like trying to centralize and like trying to sew everybody together. And I like what they were trying to do for that. Like, hey, you need to be the leader of Wonder Woman, but you know, I, I'm gonna t- take a step back because Batman's feeling a lot of grief and a lot of guilt from what happened to Superman. But but like you know the the movie there's a lot of stuff to kind of make right and really trying to like turn everything kind of around to the point where even like donating the winner uh the winner wayne mansion wayne manor there we go um to be like the new home of the justice league sort of thing so i think that i I really like those elements I, i like that aspect of give me a lighter more uh controlled not as brooding version of the Batman that we've had from before. I, I like a little bit different uh, approach to that. That was pretty cool. Um, a lot of the fight scenes I just thoroughly like. Like I said, Ezra Miller, the Flash character, this man comedic beats were like on point. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny, uh, especially to the point where you know I really, really enjoyed the line of. It, it really took me off guard because I didn't think I didn't see it coming. But the Flash and Cyborg had a moment of oh. You know, we're both accidents. That's that's that was, a great that's a great line that wasn't a throwaway line. Like, and it it off in the end with the fist bump. I mean, like these small beats and these small moments that are put in this film was very good. And this is what kind of uplifts the film. Like, you're that's that's some knowledge, I man. That's that's dropped. Like, this everybody's all of gods around us. We're just kind of randomly popped up here. Like as an accident, but at the same time, like we still are, um, you know, we still are uh, equals to them, you know. So I thought that was uh, kind of pretty cool, and uh, even to the point where kind of Aquaman and the stuff of, you know, he doesn't want to really go, go on that journey, and how he's just kind of like, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm like a surfer, bro, but like whatever, like run, running away, running away. Like that was another kind of common theme, right? It was the same thing that we see from Wonder Woman, the same thing we see from Aquaman of not really wanted to fulfill the destiny that they were supposed to sort of thing or kind of follow that path. Um, so yeah. I, thought cool. and I thought it was kind of pretty fitting that uh, Aquaman's true feelings came out of that one scene where he accidentally sat on the last whole truth. Oh, that was, so, <laughs> that's probably like the best thing ever. That might've been cause they held that one out from the trailers. That might've, that I think a lot of the other funny lines legitimately, you know, when you watch like a terrible comedy and all the funny lines were in the trailer, I felt like a, most of the funniest lines in that movie were in the trailers, um, except for that one. That was a beautiful moment. That was awesome. Yeah, of course, I don't watch the trailers, so I sat there and was like, why is he saying, oh, oh that's so good? Because like, I was like, man, it's kind of like Steve Trevor. Oh, that's so good. I, I really like that uh, moment of it. And, um, you know, the, the other thing is I'm really, really glad that they literally had to come to a point where they're like, we clearly we need Superman because at one point everybody's like, guys, when are you going to need, there's no way you're going to beat this dude without Superman. Right. And then the movie says, right. There's no way we're going to beat this guy with <laughs> Superman. So let's figure out how to get him back here. Right. So I, I really like that aspect. I like that element to it. And uh, I think the, the biggest thing is Superman, Superman is supposed to be a man of peace and justice and hope. And he straight up was pissed at Batman. Um, and I like seeing at least a, a bit of that anger uh, side of it because, you know, people are real. And, like, at least I, I felt like when Batman finally got injured, and I think the only time we've seen Batman really only injured is, you know, when the Christopher uh, Christian Bale's version of it. 
uh, he kind of got messed up and he was like walking slow and like really needed some help. So seeing some vulnerabilities with these characters also I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Wonder Woman reset his shoulder. Yeah, right. That I mean, and, and, and that's like those small little like th- that sort of thing is what I like seeing more because you start like wanting to learn and kind of be with these characters a little bit more. Uh, this was the only time that we actually seen teamwork in a movie. I don't really count Batman vs Superman because it was like all over the place and the, like they were all fighting individually, right? And yeah. this one, they're starting to fight a little bit more together. Um, so I thought that was also kind of pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so that will be a, a lot of my wins and like some just some big things I just thoroughly just enjoyed, especially J.K. Simmons coming out of nowhere. I had no idea. Did I miss that casting? So. Those are our wins, but, you know, as um, any movies... Oh, sorry, you got Before we go right. to criticisms, yeah. I just wanted to see... Um, I mean, this is the first time in, I guess, since Tim Burton's Batman's that Danny Oldman's done a superhero score. And just seeing if y'all had any impressions on it that you wanted to give. I didn't have too much. Um, and it may have been because my ears are still ringing from the concert we were just kind at before. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I know that I thoroughly enjoy, like, I think the things that stand stood out, I have to go back and listen to see if they had a Flash theme. I love the, anything about Wonder Woman's theme is my jam. Mm. Uh, and they, they ugh, the bank, like the robbery that she, uh, yeah. anything about Wonder Woman singing was all, like her music is like absolutely fire, but I need to go back and like listen to this, um, this score. Yeah. I mean, I noticed some of those like definitely like Denny Elfman signature notes <laughs> during the movie. But uh, yeah, I'd say nothing really of significance stood out unless it was like a already a known fanfare, like Superman's or, uh, was, the original Batman score from Danny Elfman's 1989 Batman. See, that was a pretty that cool was a moment surprise. when uh, Superman, you know, returned. Uh-huh. Um, and hearing the fanfare come out was like, see, that's something that's really nice having all of your films under one roof in that you can now draw from like decades worth of music. Yeah. You know, everyone gives Marvel so much crap for like, you know, they pretty much have, like, four themes that they've reused over 15 movies now. Um, but, th- like, they were able to do that. Just say, like, hey, John Williams, we own your score from Superman. You're giving us the fanfare f- for when we need it in this movie. Um, which is really nice. I Truthfully, I didn't really notice too much. I, I did have a huge, huge grin when I heard the Superman uh, theme, though. Um, and of course, when you know you hear that little uh, Tina Gao with her—I believe that's her name—is either Tina Gao or Tina Liu, um, with her little cello playing the uh, playing the, the Wonder Woman theme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was so. <laughs> but besides that, I, I truthfully didn't really have too many. I like it. We've talked about this before. I usually listen to the the, the score. Excuse me. Um, on like the rewatch rather than the first time through, unless it's that incredible. It depends on the movie, because I remember, though, like, just a couple things that stood out is um, the Deadpool score was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and so that that right there was like, man, that, and especially the Wonder Woman's like, score, like, the, that right there, like, stood out to me so well. I was like, man. Oh, fun facts, uh, Danny Elfman also helped out with uh, Stranger Things. <laughs> so... There's some things that weren't so good and weren't so perfect of this movie. 
Um, I'd love to hear a big one. I think we're going to talk about a little bit in Brylin. I will start with you, of course. Uh, you yeah. know, what are some things that just didn't quite work? So, yeah, so first thing I'll talk about is um, before this movie, or right before this movie came out, like after Joss Whedon came over, they're bringing Henry Cavill in for reshoots. Uh, and he, um, and I don't know, if, did you hear about these stories, Warren, about Henry Cavill's mustache? Oh, please tell me. I had no idea. All right. So they had to bring Henry Cavill back in for reshoots, and... Uh, he had grown a mustache for the next Mission Impossible movie. And it's like a big like biker handlebar mustache that goes down like this. And so he could contractually not cut it off because of that movie. So they're like, how are we going to film this? So they made a choice to like, okay, we're going to CG his mustache wait, out. Wait, hold up. One second, because now that you're telling me this, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of weird shots in yes. this movie. That I was like, why am I looking at the back of his head? Why am I looking at the side of his face? Like, what's While he's talking. Yes, I was like, what is happening right now? I, I was so confused. And I'm like, holy, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense now. Sorry, go ahead and continue. But that yeah. makes so much sense now. Yeah, so, yeah, they decided, like, they're going to CG his mustache out for these reshoots. I was like, okay, that's cool. Like taking facial hair out shouldn't be that hard of an issue. I mean, we've seen movies where they take actors that are 70 years old and make them look 30 and 20 again at some very almost uh, fourth wall breaking moments where you're like, Oh shit, I don't know if that's real or not. Um, but, uh, wow. Um, the visual effects of this movie, um, either did not have time to finish with whatever they decided was their final approach to it. Uh, because we know this movie did have production struggles and it definitely shows, especially in the visual effects department. Um, the Henry Cavill mustache disappearing, uh, that opening home video that the kids are talking to him and interviewing his mouth is off center in the weirdest way. It's just like, Someone took the like the smear tool in Photoshop and just put it over his mustache. It looks so awful. Um, there's just moments in this movie where, like, either the lighting, their coloring on suits and costumes make the costumes uh, like unfinished parts stand out a bit more, which makes it just look a little garish and ugly. Like, there's times where. I Batman suit looked kind of like a inflated like sumo costume, which was weird. Uh, in Flash's costume, I was not liking it at all. It just the whole thing like he tied it with rope and put all these plates together, and then Batman's talking about how this is like oh, this is some super high tech stuff, but it really doesn't look like super high tech stuff to stop you from burning up if you run faster than the speed of sound. Um, but yeah, the the CG in here, like especially Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf is like your generic CG character that hey, they got a great actor for his voice and everything, but he wasn't really a big presence on the. I mean, even though he was physically big, he didn't really have that much of an impact on the screen because he was such a such a generic like video game in level boss. Not even the uh, final levels, like level three boss that you'd meet along the way. Was, but it was so 
it was so jarring because he was on screen for so much of the time. And, you know, I'm not going to steal your thunder. I know you're going to bring up some other stuff, but you brought up Steppenwolf. I was like, man, how much am I going to see of his face? Because it doesn't look it doesn't look good. It, it doesn't look good. Like, get it, yeah. get him off. Like, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, and I know they wanted to try to probably make him menacing with, like, horn chins or something, but it just looked like bad fingernails growing out of his face. Um, I mean, other than the visuals, um, I would say that uh, the story, for the most part, I mean, is a very end story. I mean, this is a very fast-paced movie. They got through a lot in a very little amount of time, and so they really didn't have any time to just dive into these really cool concepts they have the whole idea of like what cyborg struggle is or that relationship he's starting to build with the flash or all the really smart components and chess pieces they laid out to interact with them and gave them just one or two lines and that was it and moved on to the next action scene uh this i mean this story was definitely designed just to move action move action and just really go really fast, really quick. Uh, and it was, um, it felt a little too rushed for that. They should have taken another half hour with the movie and played. Uh, let's have those moments where we flesh out the characters a bit more, dive into this idea of struggling with this cyborg entity that you're living with now, or dive in more into um, having to live up to your father's expectations when he wants you to forget about them, how are you going to keep them in your life and win that win that person over and see, like, hey, it is worth this tougher fight to do that. Uh, I wasn't surprised, though, that you didn't talk about Cyborg's um, CGI. Did you mention that? Um, it didn't bother me that much. I thought it was good to... I thought it was... They give a moment at the end where it did, that I wasn't bothered by it because... I would say, like, there, there's what bothered me the most was his face. His face yeah. looked very plasticky. And I yeah. wanted to see, like, more of just, like, a just non CG, his real part of his face and keep the rest CG. But they kind of put the CG layer over his entire face, which yeah. made it kind of weird for expressions to come out of his face. A little bit too shiny, a little bit too weird. I mean, yeah. I'm glad in the end, there's like that weird sort of but montage I, that you see him, he's getting like that upgrade, so it feels like he's going to actually wear quote-unquote armor, so that... Yeah, him and his dad are put. like... Yeah. yeah, that was the moment I was talking about. It was like him and his dad talking and just like trying something else new, see what you can do, and it goes to kind of more of the classic cyborg look, yeah. which the is only, really cool. The only problem with that is that you... I thought it'd be cool. You can't have a Sorry. suit with a big old arc reactor in the middle of it. Iron has one. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it's like, dude, like I don't I don't care if that's the classic look in the in the comics. Literally, it's been a decade with Iron Man. Iron Man's what is he in like seven films? Do something else. Just do. I don't care if it if it's a box. It looks like Darth Vader, but like that's still better than having a little circle with a light in it. Yeah. Our, our man's not the only hero with a circle with a light in his chest. Yeah, but after a decade, I think he's got dibs on that one. At this point, <laughs> he's, he's solidly just got... you got to give it a couple more years when yeah. the Marvel I mean, train slows down. 
especially they can move it. They can they can do a different design. I mean, I guess the, my biggest thing that I had a, a bit about the cyborg character was, you know, give give that man the ability to like let him act, to let him do some physicality, let him do some stuff. Like, because the only thing I can see is like half of your face looks kind of strange, and. He was it's also, not the robot half that looks yeah. strange. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sad. And he was also put in these like lighting situations that it was always darkened out. So I'm like, don't make that choice. Like either, you know, do less CG, or if you're gonna do more CG, give him something that you can actually see his features. And I, I, I felt like he did a bit of disservice for that. But you know, I thought he looked cool when he was in hoodie and sweats, actually. Well, yeah, but he was also covered up the entire time, right? Yeah. So the moment that he's fighting Steppenwolf and gets his leg ripped off, which nobody cares about, uh, and gets broken in half, which nobody cares about, uh, like, he looked pretty bad because that was all lit. And I was like, man, like, what's what's going on with your chest there, man? But, you know, what are you going to say? What can you say? Uh, Blunt? Yeah, so I, I'm going to do what I did uh, a couple other times and do less... Um, Less of criticisms, more of just, like, fix it. Uh, because this movie had issues. I think that the biggest thing for me, and I know you've talked about all these crazy characters and stuff, but, like, every single one of them had a groundbreaking character, like, altering decision. And I just think that's bad movies, like, are bad script writing, that's bad storytelling. Not every single character that you present needs to have a, a universe-shaking revelation in it. Uh, best example, and the, literally, we just can't not compare them because they're there. You look at Clint Barton. Clint Barton was a nobody character in Thor. He was like a, you know, Easter egg, pretty much. He was a character yeah. that was pretty much absent through Avengers, uh, and then he was uh, a central linchpin character in Ultron, and then he goes back to kind of a a throwaway character in, in Civil War. And, like, and so you, you see that progression that, like, you can see, like, how characters bring, you, you know, you bring it in and out of the central narrative to impact them. Like, for example, you had Aquaman getting the trident, which is, it happened off screen, which the way that they made the character in that four second throwaway line from Hera about how, like, he's not being the true heir to Atlantis, for, like, him to take that trident should have been, a, like, a triumphant moment. It should have been, like, Thor getting his hammer back, to use the, the Marvel analogy. You know, uh, both with the fathers, for both the Flash and Cyborg, like, they both remedied these things that added extra time to the movies that should have been dealt with in their solo movies. Because now when you get to these points, what is the major conflict? You could have teased it. You could have teased it like, hey, my dad's in prison, or my dad, like, you know, has been messing with me this whole time. But, like, you shouldn't have completed those storylines because where do you pick up emotionally with these characters if that's what you've been presented with? Uh, same thing with, with Wonder Woman. I thought the whole leadership was never there, really, in, um, you know, in... Uh, her own movie, I think that, like, you could have played more with, like, her being present for her people, but that's not necessarily a leader, that's just showing up. Um, and then Batman and Superman, same thing, like, they just, they had those arcs there. I think less of Batman, his was more of a show-not-tell that he really was just, like, 
hopelessly underpowered, which I actually think they did a good job with that. And then, uh, then Superman, if you were going to bring him back, especially with introducing Lois Lane, you had to complete that arc. So let me do this. That's the biggest problem I have with this, besides the stuff that you've mentioned. Let me just give you a quick outline of like what I would have liked to have seen. First of all, the DCEU should have absolutely started with Aquaman or Wonder Woman. Either one. Um, you could have had either one of them developing their powers um, and really progressing through. Uh, at the end, you don't even need to do a, a teaser, but you can just have at the end of the movie them and their societies talking about seeing a light in the sky, you know, just seeing something, something, or something feeling off. And, and I put these as one and two in the DCU because they essentially established the same goal. There was a lot of references to um, Atlantis, uh, Themyscira, and uh, the world of men cooperating together, but they kind of just like felt thrown in, and also we've never seen Atlantis. So starting off with Aquaman introduces us to that character, that world. It also slides us gently because he's more of a funnier character, but also dark and brooding. It gets you more prepared to the fact that this universe is not Marvel. It, it is definitely has a dark side to it, literally, because, you know, that's the DC villain that we're probably seeing. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible, just cut that. Yeah, and then, and then so after, after Aquaman, bring us to Wonder Woman, leave this movie exactly the way they made it, it was great, it was a great period piece, um, and then again, at the end of it, when she's back in, have her leave uh, Themyscira uh, again, and have it, or no, she was left. Have her not stay there, but, like, you can you can have someone, like, show up at her doorstep and be like, hey, our, we've seen something coming. At this point, have Superman crash land on, on Earth. Make all three of these movies um, roughly end around the same time. Um, the reason they do that is because it, 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 like, where are all these powered people before if they're, like, realistically the only six on this planet? Um, unlike stuff that we've introduced in, in uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, Marvel. Uh, I would say Superman, Man of Steel, leave that exactly the same. That brings us to Justice League. Um, so one thing that, going back there, like, explore the leadership thing with, with Diana in Wonder Woman. Explore your, you know, lost prince coming back and getting his trident in Aquaman. That just completely cuts about 20 minutes out of this film that you can now film with, uh, fill with other development. And it won't feel rushed even though it's under two hours. Um, what I'd say, give me more of that Lord of the Rings opening. That was freaking awesome. So, you know, they, they totally ripped off the whole ba battle at, uh, not Pelennor Fields. I forget what it is. It's the thing in Mordor where Isildur kills Sauron. Battle of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Battlestar Galactica? Beats Battlestar, <laughs> Bears, Battlestar. But, like, give us, give us that. Make that. Hard home. Yeah, make that the opening 10 minutes. Because that was freaking sweet. Did anyone catch that Ares reprised his role in that? Yep. Because yeah, I didn't. Was he was he was gone in a flash. Like, oh my god, again, puns. Um, but like, <laughs> but give us more time. Show us all of these societies that we spent now four hours collectively with, and show them really working together. Show the early men. Show the gods. Make that a freaking 10, 15 minute introduction to this movie. Just drop you right in the middle of that battle. What it also does is establishes more of Darkseid as a character. He was a nonsensical villain because basically this movie became, can we get Superman? Yes. Okay, we can now beat Dar uh, Steppenwolf. The only reason Steppenwolf didn't attack previously is because of the presence of Superman. That's why that fight at the end was so unbelievably one-sided. Um, what I would say is 
start us off with Cyborg. Make this movie, make him the main character. Because his personality and his, uh, he's so tied into the mother boxes, which are so intrinsically tied to the villain, make him the main character that everyone else revolves around him. Give him the entire arc on finding out, going through the process with his father as the, the scientist. Make sure that, like, it really develops him coming to terms with this alien technology as being part of him. And then have every character relate back into him and trying to discover who he is and why he is important. Um, again, you don't have to develop Wonder Woman or Batman or Superman. We freaking know who these people are. Um... I think that you have to put Batman, Superman, and Stephen Wolf in a room and just see Superman absolutely shred this guy to pieces. And then that's what triggers Batman into seeing that there could be, like, necessarily an evil side to Superman. At that point, realistically, now that we've had the full team up, now that we've met all these characters, you can start to de delve into Superman 2 and really make it Batman versus Superman because Batman would feel having known this character personally, some sort of conflict between the two of them. Um, and that's kind of how I changed phase one of the DCEU. Basically, give us more uh, solo movies, introduce more characters beforehand um, that we don't already know, introduce their societies, make Justice League entirely about Cyborg because he is so tied up with the, the villain of it. Oh, spitball in here. You could make Superman mess up Cyborg. Because then that, like, you could have him, because he's tied to the mother boxes, like, flip his shit or something and then punch a hole through Cyborg. And that would give Batman a reason not to not to trust him. Um, you know, you could say, like, all the, you know, the, the box was taking control of him. You could have Cyborg go evil for a little bit, you know, because he feels that, that, that hatred coming from the mother boxes. Um, I mean, even, even on that point, uh, Mike, I like that. Uh, element. I didn't like the fact that, you know, it took Cyborg to fire at Superman before Superman fired at him when he was, like, trying to figure himself out. Do you remember that yeah. sequence of... I didn't like that of defense mechanism. He And, like, Cyborg shot first. Yeah, like, but but yeah. that would be yeah. but that would be perfect. Like where like you could explore that more and have Cyborg be a a good character in a bad body, and then have uh, the dramatic tension of Batman seeing, you know this this quote unquote good person get absolutely wrecked by Superman just because his body is tied to an otherworldly ev evil object, and that would give Batman legitimate motivation to like quietly stew in his Batcave. Um, and think of a way to, to bring Superman down if necessary. Also, notice Suicide Squad doesn't exist. <laughs> that's gone. Um, so that would be, that's like, again, the biggest criticism on, on this movie is that it just tried to do too much with too little to play catch up to Marvel. It saw Avengers Infinity Wars coming out beginning of May 2018. We gotta have the Justice League before that, otherwise we are completely left behind. And they could have done it. They they had the time. They had. I didn't give any more movies than they've already produced. I, I mean, I think it's I think it's kind of a bummer, right? And um, I, both of you guys summed up a lot of the things I just didn't like about this movie. Um, Did they mention a, Suicide Squad in this movie? No. That's what. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the biggest things that just have to do like you know watch this movie by itself you know like okay does this movie make sense from a much like mike was talking about like in the universe that you've created 
B, does this movie make sense by itself? And C, where do I think it may necessarily kind of go? Um, you know, and from what you've already created, why was the rocks raising in Batman vs Superman if Superman was dead? And then you're going to use the same technology that didn't work the first time, much like Blue was talking about. You're going to try to use it the second time, and clearly didn't work the second time either, to a certain degree, to a certain point. Um, so it just felt like a lot of people were they were making a lot of the same dumb decisions that they were making before. And I'm like, well, we already know that this wasn't working. Like, we already see what's actually kind of happening. And another plot hole is okay. So you're telling me that. Uh, Steppenwolf and these beings that we really didn't even learn anything about it if they were like mechanical or not, but they they uh, feed on fear. Mm-hmm. But fear there was demons. a lot of yeah, they're fear demons. Okay, cool. So why was that family still alive in Russia, yeah. wherever they was, like in the house? Like they could they were terribly afraid. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, the so, fear I was mean, stronger with Batman's little lure i guess right so i mean like in the movie alone like you set up these scenarios of okay these demons supposed to be uh feeding on fear but that family the family that's stranded they come back and say hey this family's still stranded jump all the way back oh we just so happen to pop up to a place where this family is randomly here and so clearly we can defeat this guy but wait, Superman in Flash has to go off and Flash gets lost because he has bad with directions for some reason, but he's a genius. That, so that doesn't make any sense. But then they have to save this one family because all we've seen was one family that Flash saved, but then somehow Superman's carrying a building that's full of people also? Well, they, so, showed, they showed the family leaving together with everyone else. And then, oh, no, no. And then they showed the car breaking down. Yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, but do you see Superman carrying the building faster than him with saving all those people that's supposedly in that building? Yeah, so yeah. The, the assumption... So the reason they, that family was there is to give you, as an audience member, a front row seat to this. That, that, that family is just an audience surrogate. Um, and so what they did was they said that, like, they were not the only people there. And they made it clear because they were leaving with everyone else. Um, they just wanted to give you a single character to, to grab onto rather than show the entire population because then it dilutes like who you're supposed to care about. Well, I guess the issue that I have at that moment is that when they introduced that moment, it was just like Batman vs. Superman moment of, oh, hey, I need to fight. Superman goes, oh, hey, I got to go really quick. Be right back. Leaves. Everybody struggles about the fight. Then comes back and then finishes the fight. I'm like, no, just finish the fight. Then go save them, because if you finish the fight, they're not in danger, right? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Um, so I thought that was kind of tough. Uh, and then, man, I do just do not like the casting of Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't even mention this dude, but you know, he looks terrible. Really? Because uh, I would disagree with that, because... I agree with I mean, Warren. He, with the record he, stated I for the first time ever. He was definitely the worst part of Batman versus Superman. He, yes. So he was thing. he was terrible as likes in that film. Yes. The even though it's a little ten second stinger, he looks like Lex at the end of this film, and he's pulled brain back on a little bit of that maniacism that he brought in mm-hmm. Batman vs Superman. So 
I was kind of like, oh, cool. Jesse, if you can play Lex like this, then it might be really good. I I mean, I just, I mean, personally, I just think it's a bad casting. Um, they could always get Ty Simpkins for Lex Luthor. I mean, I would hate him less. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Ty Simpkins, you suck. Uh, but I just don't think he's the, the best uh, character for this, um, and I, I like. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing: like, uh, that's just me. Clearly, I, I guess like maybe like kind of personal grudge, but that's going to the future. I'm like, I'm not sh- entirely sure if that's the best way to um, uh, talk about you know, lead the Legion of Doom, right? That's the name of it. Uh, Legion of Doom or Injustice yeah. League. Injustice. So <sighs> that was a bri- that was a weak moment to talk about this. I would like to see like more sprinkles in throughout the actual movie itself that could have like been hinting at a couple things instead of like here's a stinger movie ends. Um so I mean overall like I would say like this movie just uh, just really failed in a lot of different things. Like besides like the acting was okay, the script was kind of strange. Like I think Blue had even mentioned it earlier like there was a lot of beats that just didn't quite work for me, whether it was comed- comedy pieces that maybe shouldn't have been there, and some people's powers were quite defined. Yeah, so, overall, right, like, and I'll, I'll end my wins, uh, I'll end with my uh, losses, and we'll move into, like, our final thoughts and our grades. You know, there's a lot that this movie kind of went into it, and I can, I'll, I'll start with my, my grades also. Uh, there's a lot that this movie did that I was, like, puzzling kind of scratching my head and i was super pumped that you tell me that you bring you put a movie out called batman vs superman and make a three-hour cut but then you can't give me batman superman wonder woman flash uh cyborg aquaman lex luther oh who's the guy at the end deathstroke that's yeah deathstroke. Yeah. deathstroke so you give me these seven characters and they can't even get you know, two and a half hours, three hours. Come on, no, man! The, like, give the me studio, the studio took feedback that all these movies were too long and put a two-hour. <laughs> they put a two-hour. No, they put a two-hour cap on it. Really? Yeah. If, yeah. If, if that's the case, then give me two movies. Give me Justice League one and two, and you know, this movie with hey, clearly we failed at this fight, so we need to resurrect Superman or something like that, or figure out some some way somehow to resurrect Superman, and that's your next journey. Something you kind of figure it out, but. As a overall, I enjoy this movie. I mean, I think we talked about it before. It's trending upwards to the point where, like, DC, keep doing what you're doing, maybe, or at least keep doing what you did this year. How about that? Uh, because I like what you're doing. I, I like a lot of the positive points of this. I like you. You guys are taking your time, slowing it down, making it a little bit lighter, but making it more comic booky and making these things a little bit more um, human interaction, which I thought was like very, very good. Uh, like focus on these things and less on like Suicide Squad and less on the Batman or Superman because if I'm seeing arguably these look like three drastically different characters Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman are three different people from Batman or Superman than Justice League um, so I, I like that and I like what you're try- at least I like what you were showing me here um, best grade I can give this guy is going to be a C plus um, I like what was happening I like everything here they just it, it, it was just very it was very messy a lot of points and it's kind of tough to, to kind of watch but I also found it enjoyable Bylam? yeah I'm gonna give it a B um, yeah I mean Warner Brothers has proven they can make great superhero films and uh, I 
definitely enjoyed this movie. It's definitely a movie that has problems, and it's, I mean, it, I would say a lot of it's in part of that the, the production of this movie was a bit of a nightmare. It took a long time to get it going and stuff, and it definitely shows, especially visually on here. So, But it, there's still a lot of cool, they have a great cast in place to make the next things that come forward uh, just as good, if not better. So I'm definitely looking forward to Aquaman, see how that turns out. Yeah, and when is Aquaman supposed to be out? Uh, next year, I think. Oh, what? <laughs> well, what, what time next year? Uh, summer 2018. Summer? Okay, that'd be yeah. cool. Blue it? Yeah, I'm going to go right in the middle. I give this a B-. Uh, it, it's still a lot of holes to it. Um, I think that, but I think that they're responding to feedback, and those holes are more due to course correcting rather than oversight. At least that's how I'm rationalizing it. Um Contrary to like the early reviews, I think it's I think this movie mostly suffered from negative press because it's like the sequel seemingly to Batman versus Superman. And so a lot of people I feel like were just trashing it just to trash it. But I you know, I I liked it. I probably won't watch it again anytime soon, but I liked it. See, and I and I disagree on that. And I mean, you clearly you don't have to, but I would like to rewatch this again. I mean, and I would and I will go and I would rewatch this back in theaters, maybe a matinee this time, not like a weird three D movie that we had to kind of watch. Like, I want to actually kind of see this movie again. I'm just interested because I was I was enjoyed by a breath of fresh air and a lot of these actual kind of characters. So um, I'm surprised, Blue, because I'm gonna have to go back and call you out on some of these grades of you giving this a B minus. Is there some your your grading scales a bit questionable that? That's your greatest skills definitely questionable at this no, point. No, I'm, I'm, I'm course correcting. Just, just tossing it out there. I'm course correcting. Well, I'm well, consistent in the last I mean, couple months. Here's the biggest thing that I would say about this movie is don't believe the hype. With Everybody else is going to be kind of crapping on this movie before even watching it. Like even Maybe even after watching the trailer or just hearing what their friends said. Because a lot of people literally wasn't even set up to watch this movie at all because they thought it was going to be garbage and trash and terrible. Um, I don't. I need to go back and watch the trailer because maybe the trailer wasn't that good or not. But we've seen that in a lot of different circumstances. Like, trust your gut. If you want to see the movie, go see the movie. Don't make yourself feel bad that you want to see this movie because it's by a DC film that you think is going to be terrible. I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a good movie. Is every movie perfect? No. I mean, there's going to be there's people who hate Thor, Ragnarok. And like this movie more than Thor Ragnarok just because of the tone that they're actually kind of pushing out there. And just because it's from DC and that's from Marvel doesn't mean that this is automatically bad and that's good. So that's just everything. I mean, we can we can get into that. There's a whole there's a whole other can of worms that we can talk yeah. about there. Um, but trust your gut, man. It's, it's holiday season. You know, we're we're going up to some like some important times. If you want to go see this movie, go see this movie. I don't know if this is quite a family friendly movie, but it could be. Uh, so if you want to see a movie, go see the movie. Trust your gut and enjoy it. Be thankful that all these superheroes are on the screen at one time. Yeah, right? into that. And with that, we are the Downer Front Podcast, the official podcast of downerfrontpodcast.com. I am your host, Warren. I'm with my best friend, Brylin, and my other best friend, Blewett. I forgot his name for a second. Uh, Brylin, where can we find more of your work? Uh, you can find me writing uh, less than 280 characters on Twitter at Brylund, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. 
Uh, I'm also on Instagram at I am Bryland. I'll put up uh, many movie and TV show reviews of stuff I watch uh, that we don't get to review here. And I'm also the host of the Gamescast, twitch.tv slash downfrontpodcast. Uh, on Black Friday, we're going to go into hell like a lot of people will be going on Friday. So uh, we're going to be playing Doom. I thought nice. you're going to work at Apple. I <laughs> 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 have the day off. Nice. Uh, me too. <laughs> uh, Blue, where can you find more of your work? The Shredder. You can find us at uh, Minus Music or Minus Band, most major platforms. Um, I think we're, we're going to have an EP coming out before the, the end of this year. I think. Depends on how much free time I can get. Uh, yeah, we got, we got like three songs that are like pretty much getting there that we're probably going to look to release. Uh, as well as uh, the Fear Boner himself, Andrew Abbott, designed our, our new logo. So we're probably looking to debut it on, on this album. Uh, props to him. If you, if you check out our band, you'll see his artwork. And then you should check his artwork out because he's an incredible artist. Love that guy. And we are the Downer Front Podcast, and uh, like we said earlier, like literally on Twitter, Facebook, we are now on Instagram as well as we write a bunch of different articles. We're going to be everywhere. You can find and check out a lot of our work and our landing and our beautiful homepage as well as downerfrontpodcast.com. So go take a visit. If you love us, just let us know. Uh, send us an email. Um, as well as for anybody who like wants to kind of keep kind of like supporting us for anything that we do, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash down the front podcast. So go definitely go check that out. Um, stay tuned because we actually have a special feature. I'm super excited about this next piece that we're putting out. It's an interview uh, that you know, Brian and Blue it was there. So keep an eye out for that. I'm really excited. This guy is amazing. Uh, no spoilers, of course. No spoilers. <laughs> Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Keep an ear out for that. And stay tuned for our next review. We are going to be doing Punisher. Um, we're pretty pumped about that. Uh, and that's going to be, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pretty polarizing review. So stay tuned for that. And I'm pretty excited for that. Cool. So we say good night, so long, farewell. And don't forget to tip your bartender. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 Bum, 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 bum.